The Trek Geeks Podcast is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and sign up for their mailing list for special offers at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. the meeting and gathering hall at Podfleet Command, ground level, first floor, we pretty much let anybody in, including somebody I'm going to introduce very shortly. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you one and all, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and this is episode number 261. We are excited beyond belief to be here today. We are really starting to get amped and jazzed for this summer and the return of convention season and uh, and we can't wait to get going of course by we i do mean my podcast co-host and i you know it's been a nice two-year break from not having to share any hotel rooms with the gentleman i'm about to introduce you to um largely because i'm not going to get woken up from a deep sleep from him watching sports um when he gets excited, he is the, the barely containable Dan Davidson and Dan, um, we're talking con season, my friend. Tell you what, I'm not containable. And if you listen to the outtake at the end of the episode, you might get a little bit more information on me not being contained in jumpsuits, but I digress. It's great to be here. I'm happy. I'm excited. You need to put a lock on the whooshing doors on the ground level. If you don't want me in buddy, that's all I'm saying. Cause I'm going to be here all the time, all Security. the time. Security revoked your ID card. I mean, your, your pass, but somehow you still get in. We clearly have some things to address. Um, <laughs> Facial recognition, my face, right? Oh. I said it myself. I don't even know why. Uh, honestly, we tried doing that. The computer broke when we <laughs> tried to put your face in the algorithm. Yeah, so that's a bad algorithm. You, you're just a technology stopper. What can I say? I love it. Uh, um, I love it, and I love being here, and I love today's topic. You know, um, you said it. It's been two years since since we have traveled together um, to partake in festivities at a convention. Um, everyone was really disappointed last year when, at the time, as it was called, STLV was canceled. But uh, this year, it's a go. And the 55-year mission tour will be in Las Vegas 
uh, in August. You and I are going to be there. It is going to be fun. It is going to be a reunion like we've never seen before. And um, we got some special stuff going on today on the podcast to discuss said 55-year mission tour. You know, it's interesting. You always try to set up who the guest is going to be, and you're the person who normally it tells us who the guest is going to be. So well, you've done my job, and now you're about to do yours. I understand that. I was letting you go, who are we going to have, Dan? That's what I was hoping for, but it kind of fell Why don't to you the just wayside. let the producer of the show direct <laughs> the direction of the show? That's, well, you didn't look like and, you were paying attention. And get to talking. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Bill, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because, because Dan, <laughs> Dan, after this excruciating delay, who is going to be on the show? <laughs> well, we're very, we are, in all seriousness, we are very excited. The co-CEO of Creation Entertainment, Mr. Adam Malin is going to join us to talk about all things conventions, 50th anniversary of creation, what we can expect at the 55-year mission tour, and I can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. You know, creation cons have been a part of our lives, pretty much all of our life since we started, you know, really right. becoming aware of Star Trek fandom. And, and I'm really excited for this conversation today. We're going to talk a lot about their history. We're going to talk a lot about Vegas 2021. And I think there may be some kind of breaking announcement contained in, in this conversation. You never know. You never know. We'll see. Also, also coming up in this episode, we are going to start a, a week long or a, a weekly series running up to the convention on things to do to prepare for Vegas or how you should prepare if this is your first time. And joining us is going to be one of our really good friends, Ron Robel, who we may as well just start calling Mr. Convention because he's all more excited than we are. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about some topics that, you know, that are really good if, if you haven't been to the con or if you haven't been in a while, Dan, especially to Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Ron is, is, as like you said, he's a great friend. Um, I love his interactions on Facebook uh, with everyone uh, in Camp Kittimer. He loves conventions. I think he loves conventions more than I love you which really isn't saying anything, but it's going to be great to have him on the show to talk about conventions. It's going to be awesome. It is. In the meantime, why don't you tell everyone else how they can get in touch with us? Well, there's just a whole bunch of ways, uh, buddy, that people can get in touch with us. We want to hear from you folks. Uh, you can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and you can email us. You can send us a voicemail. You can chat with us. You can send a tweet to us. Or you can go to Camp Kittimer, which is the official, official Facebook group on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network on Facebook. It's the most positive Trek group on Facebook as well. We don't allow any trolling. We never allow any gatekeeping. We only want people celebrating what they love about Star Trek. So just go over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, and we'll let you right in. Just got to answer a couple of really, really easy questions. I mean, even Bill can answer these questions. They're so easy. And we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the amazing job job that they do running the camp, but uh, it's very important, people. I mean, really, it's very important. Please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Bill? Wow. That's, uh, that, I can actually almost understand that this time. Thank you much. <laughs> Dan, as always, we want to take this moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being our presenting sponsor. We also want to wish everyone at Fansets a very happy fifth birthday. 
I mean, time flies when you're having fun, and we wish them so many more years of success. Yeah, we absolutely do, man. We are so proud to be associated with Fansets because they are wonderful people and they offer wonderful products like, oh, I don't know, the ones that are available right now over at Fansets.com, the latest in the Star Trek Anniversary Collection, which is the Star Trek Beyond 5th Anniversary pin, is available right now. You can also get the entire set all at once for a special price of just $59.99. And when you do that, you're also going to get an exclusive anniversary pin, which is only available when you purchase the entire set. And hey, those sneaky folks over at Fansets had a special announcement recently on the latest of the amazing Delta collection. It's the full-sized Section 31 Delta pin, and you can get it right now at Fansets.com, buddy. That is fantastic news. I know you're excited about that, man. And the magnetic back version of the Section 31 Delta is going to be available next month. So friends, head on over to fansets.com, put a whole bunch of pins and accessories and other stuff in your cart. And at checkout, be sure to enter this week's special Trekkies discount code word, CREATION, that's C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N in all capital letters, for an amazing 10% off your entire order. Now this offer is going to be good until June 30th, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Plus, don't forget, when you spend more than 30 bucks, you're automatically going to get free shipping in the United States. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So friends, if you haven't checked out the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble from Science Division, uh, you're really missing out. And what's taking so long? Really? I know what you mean. This officially licensed Tribble is truly just an amazing high-quality Star Trek collectible, which we know you'll be proud to add to your collection. We both have one, and we truly love them. So much work and creativity went into creating this Tribble 2, right down to the softest fur you could possibly imagine. Plus, the sounds you hear behind me are somebody backing up, but the sounds the Tribble makes are straight out of the original series. You're going to swear this Tribble was delivered straight from Space Station K7 right to your door, Dan. Plus, the Science Division Tribble has its own app that you can use to control the Tribble. It's not necessary, but it is a lot of fun to make it scream at people like annoying podcast co-hosts. Fret not, however. Everyone except Bill knows that, you guessed it, Tribbles are not dangerous. Right. So head on over to sciencediv.com right now to pick up one of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribbles for your very own Plus, while you're there, check out their new and improved shop accessory section where you can get all kinds of Science Division swag like t-shirts, mugs, or even the legendary Science Division tote bag. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. And we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. With just under seven weeks to go until Las Vegas and Creation Entertainment's 55-year mission, we want to help you get ready. If you've never been to this convention, or even if you just haven't been in a while, we're going to provide some help in how to Vegas successfully, Dan. Yeah, that's right, buddy. And and joining us is probably the only human being who is probably more excited than we are for the con. He is our dear friend, Ron Robel. And Ron, it is so good to see you virtually. I can't wait to see you again in person in just seven weeks. Conventions are in your blood, man. And we are so happy that you're here to talk about how to get ready to go to the Vegas convention. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. 48 days right now as we record. I've got my countdown going. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's a shame you're, you're not ready for this. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, gentlemen, let's talk about a topic that a lot of people ask about. I mean, with with seven weeks to go, some people may or may not have made their hotel reservations. I hear people making reservations all the time. So let's talk about where to stay. I mean, there are obvious advantages at staying at the Con Hotel. Dan and I stay at the Rio every year. Uh, much to my chagrin and dismay, because it's not my favorite hotel, I'll be honest. But it does make things really convenient, Ron, doesn't it? It does. I've actually never stayed. This will be my first year at the Rio, um, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, but from what I've heard, I know it's really, it's convenient. You're right there, right in the heart of everything. Yeah. No, you, I, go I, ahead, I, I was going to say, I got to agree with, with Ron on that. Now, we've talked about it, and I'm not being mean to the Rio. It's just a fact. It's It's kind of getting old or long in the tooth. Um, so it's not the grandest of hotels in Vegas, but I got to say, especially since I started cosplaying the last time we were in Vegas, having uh, staying at the same place as the convention is extremely convenient for if you're cosplaying. And if you've got people like our friend Heather or Holly who cosplay five, six, seven times a day with different outfits at Desiree is another one, then staying at the at the Rio itself is very convenient. But a lot of people agree it's not the best of places, Bill. No, that's true. I mean, there are ways to get better rates at the Rio. I mean, if you were a member of Caesars Rewards and have, have been a member since the last convention, you're going to get some pretty sweet rates to go to stay at the Rio this year, even better than the convention rates that are advertised on Creation's website. Um, Ron, you've stayed at the Gold Coast previously, right? Yeah, I've stayed both of the two cons I've been to at the Gold Coast, and I absolutely love it. The price is right. It's clean. I'd say I've been in the rooms at the Rio. I'd say it's similar quality, so it's nothing special. Um, you're definitely not staying at the Venetian. <laughs> um, but it's clean, and it's it's very cheap. I think the price is such a huge convenience there, um, especially not only the room rates, but when you start looking at food at the hotels, um, everything at the, the Gold Coast is so much cheaper. The buffet, subway, the restaurants. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, we've stayed there once, Dan, and I think it was about an eight minute walk uh, if we had to stop for the stoplight. And plus half of it's shaded through the parking garage. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is a very quick walk. Although I'll tell you what, when you walk right out of the Rio into the sun, it's like hitting a brick wall. Oh, yeah. uh, but then you do get the you do get that parking garage uh, when you get over to the Gold Coast area. But yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad place either. It's very convenient because it's right there. But uh, if you're wearing a lot of makeup and a lot of stuff like that, it's going to melt all the way over to the Rio in the morning when you're heading over there. So uh, um, there are, there are many positives. Than- I say there's nothing better than getting a big haul from the vendor's room, too, and having to haul that all the way back to the Gold Coast across the street right about 1 o'clock in the afternoon when it is about 120 degrees outside. Ouch. Well, that makes it automatic nap time in my world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about the Gold Coast is they are probably going to be the hotel that is even cheaper than the Rio. So if you're looking to maximize your budget, the Gold Coast isn't a bad option. There is a group rate that floats around, I think, in the Star Trek Convention Experiences group on Facebook. Um, but it, it's at least a decent option. You can stay on the strip. There are deals to be had all over Vegas, especially right now. But the one thing you want to be sure to factor in, Dan, is either cab fare or Uber fare to get to and from the convention. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first time I went uh, with you several years ago, I think we stayed at the Flamingo, if I remember correctly. And and it's not far, but it is a cab ride. And so you have to factor in for your spending. You're talking 15 bucks each way 
twice a day at least if you're going to include tip and everything. So you got to add in that extra $30 a day if you're going to stay away from where the con is. Um, but some people like to stay on the strip and I understand that and get it. And some of the places are nicer than the Gold Coast or the Rio. So I get that as well. If you can fit it in your budget, why not? You also just have to factor in possibly extra time with traffic because you know, there's no traffic in Las Vegas, right, Ron? <laughs> I think this year too, I had a friend that just went to Vegas and she said with the pandemic, there's not a lot of Uber drivers right now. Um, so the waits for an Uber were a lot longer than they usually were. Good to know. That's um that's a really great point because they just officially reopened, you know, Las Vegas about 3 weeks ago as we record this. So I can imagine that a lot of people haven't gone back to their other job or, you know, their their primary job of of ride sharing. I think that's a that's a really great tip. So let's 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 dream for a bit. If you guys could stay wherever you wanted to in Vegas to attend the con, where would you guys stay? Ron, how about you? So my place isn't actually in existence, but it was a theorized I want to stay in the Enterprise. You know, let's do it. Here's a good thing. We're going to build it. Let's do it. Let's have that be the host hotel. Dan, what about you, man? If I had to be honest, I want to stay at the uh, casino that Robert De Niro ran in Casino. <laughs> but that's gone. <laughs> uh, no, they I, leveled I, that. <laughs> I, I understand that. You know, it, it it really doesn't matter to me, bud. I know that everything is close. Um, uh, Ron, you mentioned the Venetio at the, the, uh, the Venetia a few minutes ago, Venetian, yeah. uh, the Venetian. And I think that would be a great place. Um, I've always wanted to see what it'd be like staying at the pyramid as I like to call it. Um, but it really doesn't matter to me. I, for me, like I said before, I think the convenience of staying at the same location of the con is the thing that I like the best. The Rio isn't the best place in the world for, um, uh, rooms, but it is one of the best places in Vegas for a convention in terms of size and what we're used to with the vendors room and all the different places that you can go for, for getting uh, for autographs and photos and stuff like that. So I'll, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do what you tell me, Bill, because you're the boss and I'm just going to follow your lead. So there you go. That's never once happened. Not ever going to happen. <laughs> if you're looking for a great hotel that's on the strip and still relatively close to the Rio Treasure Island is a great find. It is a fantastic little hotel. It's a fairly cheap ride and you can avoid most of the strip coming into the Rio, especially if you cut down Dean Martin. Um, but it, you know, that's, if you're not going to stay at the Rio for the con, the, I mean, the atmosphere at the Rio is pretty great. Um, that's always one of my favorite places to stay. One of the things that I would like to point out, guys, and I'm going to probably do this every week as we talk about preparing for uh, Vegas in August is... This is a huge Star Trek convention. There are upwards of 10, 15,000 Star Trek fans that are going to that are going to get together in Vegas. They're going to be staying at all kinds of rooms all over the city. The last thing you want to do, well, I should say the first thing you want to do is take advantage of the safe that the rooms give you to put your valuables in because you want your stuff to stay safe. The worst thing you can do during a Star Trek convention is set your safe safe code to 1701. Don't do that. Choose something different because we're all Star Trek fans. We all know that's the first one we're going to try if we were to break into a room. Not that we would, but I'm just saying, don't <laughs> set your code to 1701, people. I can just see Dan and his cat burning the hallways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think that's going to cover where to stay for this week. Next week, we're going to come back with a different segment on how should I budget. But uh, we want to remind everyone, don't forget to head on over to creationent.com today. Get all your con info so you can be well prepared. And don't forget to get your tickets. It's going to be a con you're definitely not going to want to miss. 
So everyone knows how much it sucked to have all our beloved Trek conventions canceled last year. It was so depressing, but that is all changing. Conventions are coming back, and both Bill and I are so excited about returning to Las Vegas in August to rekindle our convention love at the 55-year mission tour presented by Creation Entertainment. We're so excited about returning to Vegas, and we have a very special guest with us today to talk all about conventions. And believe me, he knows all about conventions. Back in 1971, he and his friend Gary Berman were two teenagers who loved science fiction and started a company called Creation Entertainment, a way for fans all across the country and the world to gather to celebrate their love of science fiction and other genres. From Star Trek to Star Wars to Xena and Doctor Who and so many countless others, this man has written a book on fan conventions and has been extremely successful in bringing joy to countless millions. You've seen him on stage running the shows and having amazing conversations with the stars. And he's here today to talk about the 55-year mission tour and conventions in general. He is the co-CEO of Creation Entertainment. He is Mr. Adam Malin. And Adam, we are truly honored to have you here to welcome back in person conventions to the world. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Dan and Bill. And uh, I have to say it's a relief after all this time. It really is. I know that... Uh... You know, fan conventions help, you know, bolster my fandom. It's a great opportunity to meet with, with friends who become like family at this thing that we all love kind of the same way. And if, if you think about it, I mean, you guys have been doing this now for 50 years. Happy 50th anniversary to creation, by the yeah. way. Um, what was that like to get that first con off the ground? Well, it's funny, you know, today we all live in the midst of uh, multiple uh, digital social networks. And I like to think of uh, conventions and live events as the original social network. Uh, it was the original analog way in which we all got together and celebrated the stuff that we love. Nice. And uh, it's a circuitous uh, and peculiar story, but uh, to sum it up briefly, uh, as a young man, I was uh, a huge fan of uh, science fiction and uh, Marvel comics and, and a giant devotee of... Uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby. And um, I used to read and devour comic books, Fantastic Four, Thor, X-Men, Spider-Man. And uh, my mom, who was an English teacher, uh, used to support my reading of comic books. I'm like most parents. She, as a 26-year English teacher, believed that uh, reading comic books was the gateway to reading uh, literature. So she encouraged it, which was wonderful. And my dad, who was a commercial artist, also admired the work of Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. And uh, so my parents were comic book fans. And uh, in 1969, I attended a kind of a well, sort of a comic book uh, gathering. Uh, it was in New York City at the Statler Hilton Hotel by a guy named Phil Suling. And uh, this was my first exposure to comics fandom. And uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. I loved it. Uh, these were people that, you know, read comic books, would buy famous monsters of film land. They were into, uh, you know, 50s and 60s uh, uh, sci-fi and horror. And uh, it just thrilled me. And coming out of that experience, I was, I guess, so excited that I said, well, I can do one of those. I can do a comic book convention. And uh, my buddy Gary and I, who pretty well much grew up together since we were like two years old, we lived in the same block. 
both love comic books. Um, we got to talking about it. We were publishing a fan magazine around that time called Infinity, which featured a lot of comic book artists. Um, and uh, so my dad said, well, listen, you know, um, I work right down the block from a hotel called New Yorker in Manhattan. My dad actually worked in the Pennsylvania building on 34th Street between 7th and 8th. And he said, let's go to the uh, New Yorker and maybe you can run your convention there. So he brings me to the New Yorker Hotel and we go into the sales department and meet a guy. I still remember him, Ralph Perkowski. Uh, this is 1970. And uh, I tell him my idea and he says, yeah, it's, as long as uh, your dad will co-sign for this, then uh, you can do it. <laughs> and I popped down $1,000 in cash which was the money I'd made off of uh, three years worth of a paper route. And it was a thousand dollar rental for the meeting space. So that's how I secured the, all the meeting space at the New Yorker hotel for a weekend for a thousand dollars. So that's New York city. So I mean, <laughs> you can imagine that's uh, 51 years ago. I think that to get, uh, you know, a whole hotel's worth of meeting space in Manhattan. Now you'd probably have to pay about a half million dollars. So it's oh. pretty crazy. That's but, an awesome um, story. That's really great. I mean, <laughs> we, ended up with, uh, we ended up with the meeting space. We held it on Thanksgiving of 1971 and uh, started having over the course of the first 10 years of our existence, all the great comic book luminaries, guys like Jack Kirby, Jim Steranko, Stan Lee, Frank Miller, John Byrne. I mean, all these guys that we loved, Chris Claremont. It was very exciting. And then uh, around 1979, uh, we started booking Star Trek talent at our shows. It started with Walter Koenig. So I guess that means that Walter and I have been doing shows together for about uh, 42 <laughs> years. So crazy. Uh, and then one by one, we started uh, booking all the different Star Trek uh, celebrities from the original series. And before you knew it, we were just running full-scale Star Trek conventions. Um, subsequent to that, we went into uh, Paramount and uh, said, hey, listen, we'd like to get a license to uh, sell Star Trek photos at our shows. And nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever licensed the rights to buy photos for, uh, of uh, Star Trek imagery. It was kind of like the Wild West out there. So <laughs> we actually were one of the very first people to license uh, Star Trek as a property. And uh, that turned into a license for a lot of other things. And eventually we actually licensed the rights to do official Star Trek conventions. So, uh, I mean, it's, it was a, a long relationship with uh, Paramount. And of course, Star Trek as a franchise went through a lot of evolution. But uh, over those 50 years, I mean, we've run events for dozens of different subject matters and uh, branched out in a lot of different ways, but sci-fi and Star Trek are still so close to our heart. That's amazing to me that it started out from being a comic book fan. I started out my love of stuff like that through comic books and, and always Adam team Marvel, baby. Absolutely. Uh, John Burns, like my favorite artist uh, ever uh, for any comic book. So you obviously have been doing this for a long time. You've probably been asked this question about a thousand times. So forgive me for being the 1,000 and first, but you've got 50 plus years of memories being 
um, at conventions and being the CEO of creation and all of this amazing talent that you've met and, and, and participated in conventions with, what's one of the memories that stands out to you the most over that entire time of doing this? I mean, there's a, a billion, zillion memories. <laughs> uh, I do want to Don Co, uh, CEO with my partner, Gary Berman, and uh, whom I love very much. And Gary and I have had a successful, wonderful personal relationship and business relationship over those 50 years. So we've shared a hell of a lot of amazing stories. But I have to say that uh, being mentored by Gene Roddenberry, certainly, and some of the experiences that I had with him, along with Bill and Leonard, um, are amongst some of the finest memories that I've had, particularly as a Star Trek fan. And uh, one thing that comes to mind uh, to me is Gene, who started appearing at our shows, I want to say somewhere around 1985, was in development on uh, The Next Generation. And uh, Richard Arnold, who was uh, an assistant of his, who sadly passed away uh, this year, we lost him, uh, invited me down to the Hart building uh, on the Paramount lot to visit him and say hi to Gene. And uh, they were literally, uh, had just come off of developing the pilot encounter at Farpoint for Star Trek Next Generation and had just assembled the writer staff. I know Tracy Torme was there, a few of the other uh, writers. Uh, I got ushered in to see Gene. By the way, the Hart building was a fairly modest building on the uh, Paramount lot. They actually uh, completely rebuilt that building and I, I named it the, Rod the Roddenberry building. And I got to say hi to Gene and I said to him, you know, you, you should rest on your laurels. Why, you, why do another Star Trek? Of course, I love, the, I love it that you're doing another one, but why? And he looked at me and he said, because I'm angry, Adam. And I said, Gene, why are you angry? And he said, well, there's a lot of people out there that are sort of rewritten history to say that I didn't really have anything to do with the DNA of what made Star Trek what it was. I know there were a lot of guys that wrote that series and they, we had amazing writers, but a lot of revisionists want to just kind of marginalize me. So I feel like I've got to do it again. So everybody realizes once and for all, it was me all along. And uh, I laughed and I said, well, you know, from what I can see, it looks like you have done it all along. And in fact, uh, history proved that he did it uh, several times. I mean, it, uh, while he was alive, Gene was an inspiration to all of us. And uh, I certainly am a huge Next Generation fan. I thought it was incredible what he accomplished with that. And then all of his protégés and the people that came on after him. I mean, guys like Michael Piller and Ronald Moore, and Brandon Braga, um, Manny Cotto, uh, you know, some of the guys that were involved with Star Trek. And of course, more recently, uh, Alex. Uh, these guys have just uh, woven an incredible canon, incredible tapestry of story and continuity. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to be a Star Trek fan, but sharing those moments with Gene, I think were very special. I was shocked when we did the 25th anniversary of Star Trek at the Shrine Auditorium, and I was not prepared that, for this, but Gene was already in a wheelchair at that time. I was not aware of that. 
Um, but he came nonetheless. And uh, I don't know if many people knew that we had gotten a bomb threat. Uh, you can't write you can't you can't write these things as fiction because they're too incredible. <laughs> I got a letter in the mail that was cobbled together like a ransom note with different letters being like different cutouts of different newspapers, believe it or not. And it said, uh, if you, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. If you let that Jew Shatner appear at the shrine, I'm going to blow the place up. So this was about two weeks before the shrine performance, which, by the way, was the entire cast and Gene. And we freaked us out. So we contacted, I guess we were still living in uh, New York at that time. We moved the company out in December of 91. And I guess this might have been in the summer of 91. We were just about to move creation from New York to Los Angeles, but it hadn't quite happened yet. So I contacted the L.A. Police Department and sent them the note. And they said, well, you're going to have to have a police presence there and you should have metal detectors too. So we had to set up metal detectors for everybody to come into that show. And, oh my God, it delayed, it delayed the, the show opening by about, uh, I want to say two or three hours. And everybody was pissed off and in a bad mood. They really were. But, you know, once we got everybody on stage, it was amazing. And then after, I guess, the seven cast members had appeared, out came Gene in a wheelchair being pushed by Majel and uh, Rod, his son. And um, that was an amazing moment to see Gene out there with, you know, 6,000 Star Trek fans screaming at the top of their lungs, all standing in their seats. And, uh, you know, the audience died down. And Gene, you know, thanked all of them. And he said, uh, a writer's spirit, uh, you know, lingers modestly, humbly in the face of adulation. And he said, but the truth of it all is I want you all to know that I love you. I love you all very much. And the house just went berserk. And I just, you know, couldn't help but have this intense sense of community and, grat- and gratitude to have been a part of the Star Trek experience, to have been a part of Gene's life, to have been inspired by his amazing forward-thinking uh, Idic, the infinite diversity and infinite combination. Uh, if only the world had followed Roddenberry's humanist principles, so much of what we've gone through as a society uh, could have spared us. But, you know, Star Trek fans, we all hope still hold on to that dream of uh, a united, you know, sorority and fraternity, brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity in the future. And I'm still holding on to hope that uh, our society can catch up to Roddenberry's idic ideal because the world would be a much better place. Oh, it, it absolutely would. You'll get no argument here. I mean, I think that's what part of what makes the week, especially in Vegas, so great is because you were around several thousand people who appreciate this thing the same way you appreciate it. But, you know, Adam, I feel like I have to tell you a story and come clean on something. Because yeah. back, back in the 80s, 
I have to tell you, George Takei snuck me into my first convention, and here's how it happened. That's I fabulous. Was, <laughs> I was in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was a it was a small con, and I, I had no money. I mean, I had like maybe 15, 20 bucks. I was a teenager at the time. I was excited. I mowed a few lawns, and I wanted to go get something, some Star Trek merch. And I saw a commercial for the the uh, the convention on the local news channel, and I said, well... My mom's headed to Manchester that day. I'll go to Manchester. I'll go get some Star Trek thing I can put in my room. And that'd be cool. So I get to the front desk and I'm like, well, you have to have a ticket to come in. I'm like, there's only like two hours left in the con. Can I just like go to where they sell the stuff? And somebody took a, a really good view of what I was trying to do and took a liking on me and said, you know what? Go on in, you know, just come right back out. I said, okay, you got it. I was in there for 15 minutes. I got myself a Starfleet Academy decal for the car I was trying to buy, um, you know, in a year or so. And uh, I came back out and my mom said, you wait for, I'm going to pull up to the front drive of the hotel. I'll be waiting for you after I'm done my errand. So there I am standing in the lobby. Everyone was gone. And I'm like going, wow, did they wrap up early? And I'm waiting for my mom. And all of a sudden somebody taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and it's George Takei. And he goes, uh, are wow. you, are you going inside? <laughs> And I said, uh, well, no, I, I, I don't really have a ticket. I just came. He goes, I think if you come in with me, it'll be okay. <laughs> and so George snuck me into his headlining panel in Manchester. And as soon as we walked through the door, he just pointed to the back row when I sat there. I got to tell you, after that hour, I came out. My mom was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's well, funny, Adam. What I'm hearing from Bill's story is a great story of a childhood memory in his first convention. All I heard out of that was Bill owes you money. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, uh, so many of my friends down through the years had experiences at my shows years before they knew me. And uh, I mean, it's great. It's kind of a brain freeze, but I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, so many fans and friends, you know, found their way into fandom through our shows. It, uh, it's an amazing, it's amazing community, particularly the Star Trek fandom. They're, uh, they're great people. I mean, they are definitely more civilized intellectually, uh, in terms of, uh, tolerance, understanding, uh, support, um, you know, the, uh, LGBTQ community mm -hmm. is has safe birth inside of our community. Uh, even uh, now, uh, the non-binary community is, has been recognized and is is given safe birth. We're, we're an all-inclusive community, and um, you know it all really goes back to Roddenberry's ideals. But also, you know, we're uh, kind of dreamers. We have uh, strong fantasy lives, and I mean the the places that Star Trek takes us to, that sci-fi takes us to, are incredible, and uh, they also force us to confront a lot of different social issues and get us to thinking about the dynamics that make us human and that sometimes make us not so human, and uh, so these constant morality plays. And uh, uh, disassembling of the human condition is what uh, I think makes Star Trek and sci-fi just so fantastic and so engaging. And I I'm just as excited about it now. Loving Discovery. I love Picard. 
Uh, I'm excited for the new series that are being developed. And, you know, it's never been a great, a better time to be a Star Trek fan if you're just joining or for some of us that have a 50 year legacy behind us. It's just, uh, I have a lot of gratitude for being a part of that. Yeah, you can say that again. I've been saying that for the better part of a year now that right now is the best time to be a Star Trek fan with all the new stuff coming out. It's great storytelling. It's great writing. It's great community bringing all of those different uh, areas of humanity in, like you said, the IDIC. Fantastic. So we've gotten a bunch of different um, uh, memories, both from you and from Bill. Let's fast forward a little bit, Adam. And can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that that you and creation had in 2021 with scheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling again with all of the things that happened during the pandemic? Uh, well, it was it was pretty traumatic. Um, first and foremost came the realization that we were going to shut down our shows and um, we had to adopt a whole new way of working. Um, Gary and I were committed to keeping our entire staff together. And we decided if the ship would go down, it would go down together. In other words, we weren't going to fire anybody. We're a fairly small team. We're less than 15 people. But you have to know that the people and creation staff, uh, their average uh, tenure with us is, I'm guessing, somewhere right now around 25 years. We have people that have been with us for 35 years. You know, we have the most amazing team and, uh, you know, we, 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 we love the people that we work with and, uh, you know, we, we really saw it as a responsibility to keep the team together. And, uh, if, if the company was going to go under, which would be fairly, uh, ironic for coming into its 50th anniversary, what timing, uh, we were determined that we'd all go down together. So we started to, uh, we had to cancel some shows, but we started to postpone shows where we could. And, you know, the shows were being postponed to a year later. And I'm quite certain that, uh, you know, I mean, we obviously offered refunds to our customers if they wanted a refund uh, or they had the opportunity to, to keep their money with us as a credit towards the future date. And I'm quite certain that if everybody had asked for refunds that uh, we would have just caved in financially. But uh, miraculously, or maybe not miraculously, uh, virtually all of our customers decided to just leave their money with us as credits uh, towards the postponement dates. We averaged a retention rate of about 90% of the money that had already been paid to us. And so we realized that that we had amazing loyalty on the part of our attendees and our customers. We had a a much deeper sense of loyalty. I mean, the dollars showed us how deep that loyalty actually was. And it was, uh, it was pretty humbling uh, because I mean, uh, the public is uh, uh, challenging. You want to please them. Uh, You, you can't always, I mean, you make mistakes and, uh, but, you know, we know people have great times at our shows, but, uh, we didn't really realize just how loyal our audience was until we saw that retention rate. And we saw that everybody was really sticking with us. And so because of that, and we've ended up, this is crazy. 
I'm the venue booking guy, by the way. So I'm the guy that books the meeting space for the company. I've done it for 50 years. I still do it. And when I tell you I had to postpone uh, roughly 40 dates, 40 dates, wow. 4 40 over six, over uh, 18 months. And I just could not believe how much the audience supported us and kept us afloat during that period. I mean, it's a miracle, but uh, I'm so grateful for it. And as a result of that, uh, we've been able to weather the storm. We learned a whole new vocabulary of working uh, remotely. And uh, Zoom, of course, changed all of our lives. It changed society's life. And uh, we were able to keep the company functional remotely. Uh, then, of course, thank God the vaccines finally started to come. And one by one, we started uh, reconvening in the office. And we've never had such a great sense of love for going to the office. I mean, it's COVID really kind of helped us to, you know, not take work and going to the office and being a part of creation for granted. We really realize now more than ever what a beautiful thing we've got, what a wonderful company, what a wonderful team, what uh, we're so grateful, you know, to have the opportunity to be in this business and run these events, to look out at the audience and see people laughing and being happy. It's just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a gift. And we have a renewed sense of appreciation, of purpose. Uh, We're coming into this show in August with all guns flailing, we are so excited. Um, and we have, in addition to having an amazing, amazing group of uh, celebrities coming to the show, I think one of the best groups of celebrities we've ever had for a show, frankly. Um, and I can't wait to meet Kelsey Grammer. I'm grabbing that interview myself for myself. <laughs> H, that's uh, one of my nepotistic rights. And, uh, I mean, you know, we've got, for God's sakes, Bill Shatner celebrating his 90th birthday. I spoke to Bill a couple of days ago and I told him how excited I was. Um, Bill's been with us since about 85 also. So Bill's been doing shows for us for about 36 years. And I said, uh, what does it feel like, you know, to be 90 years old? I mean, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 65. But I said, what's it like to be 90? And he says, I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, I still feel young. I'm still out riding my horses. And uh, just as a testament to this, um, we did a uh, we did uh, a 90th birthday celebration of Bill's career. We've assembled imagery of his roles and characters and portrayals over seven or eight decades of his career. It's crazy. And Bill graciously agreed to uh, narrate this slideshow that we put together. So uh, a couple of days ago, we, um, some of our team took him into the studio and he narrated uh, thoughts and comments and anecdotes and reflections on all the characters that he's played. And, uh, you know, he drove himself. To the recording studio, <laughs> you know, 
wasn't like, you know, uh, can you get me a limo or whatever. No, he just drove himself to the recording studio. <laughs> He's a 90 year old cowboy. Okay. Somebody's got to remind him to show some decor for his age, but no, Bill is determined to be uh, young at heart forever. And God bless him. That's like when Ernie Borgnine came in at the age of 94, Ernest Borgnine at the age of 94 came to one of our shows and I was in awe of him. I was watching him in the sixties and Mikhail's Navy. And I asked him the same question. What does it feel like to be 94? And he says, he said the same thing. I feel young. So there's hope for us guys, right? There's hope for all <laughs> of us. Uh, stay young at heart and uh, hopefully practice good life practices, uh, eat well and try and take care of our bodies. Who knows? We might make it around to uh, live the kind of uh, rich life that guys like, uh, like Bill have done. But uh, I'm so excited for that show in August because we're going to have Bill's 90th birthday. Uh, we're doing a big celebration. We have testimonials from all sorts of famous celebrities for that. Uh, sadly, posthumously, it's also Leonard Nimoy's 90th birthday. Yeah. And uh, Susan Nimoy and the Nimoy family had been gracious enough to provide us with a magnificent photo exhibition. We haven't announced it yet, but we're going to be having an exclusive photo exhibition of Leonard's photography. You know, from many of his different photographic collections, Leonard would uh, create photographic series, a whole body project, uh, secret selves, Shekinah. And we have an amazing exhibition of Leonard's photography that we will be presenting at the show. We haven't even announced that yet. We have a lot of different surprises. It's Gene Roddenberry's 100th birthday. Yeah. And, uh, and Rod and Trevor from Roddenberry and the creation team. Uh, we want to celebrate Gene's birthday in a really big way too. So we have big plans for that. There's a lot of passages. It's the 55th anniversary of classic Star Trek for God's sakes. And having uh, George and Nichelle and Walter and Bill at the show it means so much to me personally. I love those guys. And uh, I just, you know, I, I miss DeForest and and, uh, and Jimmy Grace Lee. Th those of them that have passed on, uh, I miss them desperately, Majel. But, you know, this is a, about a celebration of life and 55 years going strong, the original cast. It's just so many amazing anniversaries and passages, uh, you know, coming off of COVID. I just think it's going to be a very emotional weekend. I'm going to try and keep it together, though. I'm trying to keep it together right now, dude. I mean, you're talking about all that stuff, and I've really been... Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for two years and I can't, it, we, we're, as we record this, we're 55 days out from the start of the show. I can't wait to get there. I noticed last night an email, you guys announced that Anthony Rapp is going to have a special performance on the Saturday night. Is that right? Well, I'm a musical theater maven. Uh, some people may not know. Uh, most people know by now that I'm, I'm a classically trained musician. I've written some musicals, um, some progressive rock operas. Um, Billy Sherwood of Yes is my producer, but, 
I'm a musical theater monster. I have been all my life. I love musical theater. And I have so much admiration for Anthony Rapp. This guy is incredible. So to have Anthony coming in and, and doing uh, a music performance for us is unbelievable. And we've also got Ben Breen coming in and doing a show, too, which is great. Crazy. I mean, you know, we're talking about Jesus Christ Superstar Pippen. I mean, Ben Breen, he is a musical monster. So to have these musical theater greats performing at the show is incredible. And then Saturday night, we've got the, we've got uh, uh, Dick McGee and the uh, Nevada Pops Orchestra back again. And we've got Dennis McCarthy and Jeff Russo, who are amazing composers. They'll be conducting their work with the orchestra at that show. So, I mean, there's a lot of musical magic that's going to be happening over the weekend and anybody that's a musician out there or loves music as much as i do i am i am stoked for all that and yeah it'll be an honor to have anthony do his debut performance for us the amount of things that we can look forward to is just awesome like you said there's things that you have not even announced yet just the whole idea of of I, I, Bill, you can probably you probably remember it. just the idea of some of the things that come out of these conventions adam we will never forget the day that Sir Patrick Stewart came out on stage to announce that Jean-Luc Picard was back. I mean, there are just so many of these, oh my God moments that have taken places during your conventions that... That's oh my God moment. I mean, when Patrick yeah. told me, he spoke to me, I guess, but he called me about a week before the show. It was that close. And he said, Adam, how would you like it if I come to the show? And I said, well, why? He says, well, I have an announcement to make. And when he told me, I literally, I literally fell off my chair. Um, having Alex come in to announce that was an incredible thrill. And I mean, Picard turned out to be such a great show. I mean, you know, seeing Jonathan and Marina and Brent, much fantastic cast that they assembled for that. Uh, John Del Arco and the Borg. I mean, oh my, the Romulans. I mean, it was so great. Um, And having Sir Patrick come, I call him Patrick, okay? But to the rest of the Sir Patrick, and uh, and by the way, he does not take himself that seriously. Uh, he he's uh, he's not full of himself. He's a very humble guy, and uh, he he has a lot of fun with it. And of course, the rest of the cast, you know, will never let him see the end of it. Uh, you know, Marina and Jonathan just you know they just stick it to him every chance they can. But the, the truth is, we we love Patrick, and uh, having that golden moment, and then seeing. Jean-Luc Picard come back. I mean, you know, that's what Star Trek is all about. It's so incredible. And the journey continues. Oh, my God. Who knows what's next, right? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I totally can't wait. I do want to ask you really quickly. We've seen some questions in social media that folks have asked sort of anecdotally. And since we have the opportunity to talk to you today, I figured we'd ask. Obviously, this is, is kind of a new era for humans. Um, we're having to take precautions we've never had before. Obviously, this is going to be really one of the first really big gatherings of, of sci-fi and Star Trek fans in Las Vegas uh, in quite a while. What kind of precautions or, or, or changes might we expect coming into this con, things like photo ops or, or masks or along those lines? Yeah, I think it's a great question to ask, and you'll have to forgive me for, being, for diverting it somewhat. Sure. We are going to be following the uh, local mandates of uh, Las Vegas and Nevada and keeping to them, although things have relaxed essentially to normal in that city. But we will uh, be setting up protocols that will be under 
frequently asked questions facts on our website close to the show. Uh, we don't want to establish protocols that are uh, inaccurate uh, for when the show is actually occurring to now. We're still, like you say, it's uh, it's almost, uh, it's, it's like, it's two months, it's at least two months out. It's more than two months out. Probably in that last month, um, we will announce what, what the protocols are. But if I had to guess, and don't quote me on this and don't tell anybody, okay? This is a secret. <laughs> no, but seriously, I don't think that there will be any mask mandates. People will be welcome to wear masks, but I don't believe we'll insist upon them. But that is not a policy that I can set myself. That is a supposition. And what the actual policy will be will be in keeping at about one month out, uh, depending upon what we see civically, uh, as well as what the entire creation team deems appropriate for the situation. And particularly, there are other members of our team that have more of the uh, responsibility for operations at the show, whom I, as a good team head, defer to. So I will defer to uh, those people in my team who are more directly involved with operations when those final decisions get made. And again, they will be made closer to the show. But um, I do urge everybody that's listening, for God's sakes, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. People that are resisting getting vaccinated, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with you. I think you should be vaccinated. Um, it's safe. And, uh, you know, you're doing yourself and everybody around you a big favor. and. Uh, don't listen to the, the disinformation that you're hearing. Um, getting vaccinated is essential. Everybody should. I wish that everybody that came to our show would be vaccinated, and then none of us would have to worry. But uh, we will certainly do our best to maintain uh, protocols. I know in particular we're still working on protocols for photo ops. That will be a different world than the touchy-feely photographs that we were used to in years past because it's a different society now and a different era. So expect the photo ops to be different, uh, but they're still going on. And to the best of the comfort level of our team and our celebrities, we will make them as joyous as we can. Uh, from the theater point of view, I think you can expect the theater to be pretty much the same as it always was. We will not be social distancing the seats. We do not need to. That has already been established civically by the city, by the hotel, and by the state that that will not be necessary. So people should be prepared for a theater that is not socially distanced. But to the best of our ability, we will try and keep uh, all of our public spaces as distanced as is possible, given the size of our crowd. Uh, which, as you might imagine, is not as big as in, as in some years past because of COVID. So I think people can expect to see a show that is uh, not not as uh, not as full of people as as it has been. And I guess that's sort of a silver lining to that. But there's going to be so many great things that people haven't seen. And, and I would just hint at one thing, which is that I think everybody agrees that has been. Uh, I mean the 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 Leonard Nimoy Theater is an amazing room, and I think that the optics of that room with all the, the, the 
lighting that we do and the the colors and the video screens, the stage, the airlock. I mean, I think that's a pretty amazing looking room. Nobody is prepared or ready for what we've done to the viewing experience in that room this year. It is top secret, but I will tell you, it will it will change the face of how fans view or expect the viewing experience at a show of this nature. We have revolutionized our stage and the way in which we image the show. And that is all I will say, but we're incredibly excited for this amazing new visual theatrical experience that we have technologically developed for our stage. And everybody will get to experience it in 55 days. I can't wait. And by the way, it, it costs a crap load of money, but it's all going to be worth it because you're going to see our show in that, that theater. You're going to see the stage in a way that you've never seen it before. To quote Stan Lee, enough said. <laughs> Good quote. Well, I got one question based on what you were just saying then, Adam, before we wrap it up. And and with all these changes to look forward to for this year's uh, journey out in Vegas, um, are, can we um, look forward to seeing um, something like the 55-year mission tour continue in Vegas in 2022? Well, it's funny that you should mention that. First of all, anybody that's been living inside of a cave and doesn't know our email address is uh, creation. Um, I'm sorry, our uh, website address is creationent.com. And uh, typically we announce it uh, after the show or mm-hmm. the weekend of the show. But yes, we are returning in 22 for the, I believe it's going to be called the 56th year mission tour. Don't quote me on that, (laughs) but we are making a one year transition over to Bally's hotel. And so the 22 55 year mission show will be at uh, Bally's, which is a beautiful hotel and has some fantastic meeting space, not quite as large as Rio, But the reason that we are doing that is because Rio is undergoing a reimagining and a transformation. For those that don't know it yet, it is going to become a flagship Hyatt property. Hyatt and Dreamscape are two companies that have partnered and acquired Rio. Uh, Caesars Entertainment will continue to manage it through 22, but then Hyatt is coming in and they are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into that hotel. Now, mind you, the hotel is already in good shape. The meeting space, the convention space is fantastic. And they've been working their way through their guest rooms, but Hyatt is reimagining that hotel. However, they're going to keep all the meeting space and everybody agrees that the, the, the Rio's convention center is fabulous. That meeting space is sprawling. We've done incredible things there with uh, the Star Trek show. We will do our best to return to that venue in 23 uh, when Hyatt has reimagined the hotel. So a lot of dynamic change coming, but our sense of commitment to our beautiful uh, Star Trek community, our, our, our world, our global fan community, our commitment is reinvigorated, uh, reinforced, renewed, um, reinvested. And we can't wait to see everybody in August. And uh, 
you know, see that the dream continues, uh, you know, for as long as we're able to do that. And we hope that'll be for many, many years to come. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Bill and I cannot wait. First of all, we can't wait to finally come up and meet you and handshake or fist bump or whatever it is that we do these days, get a photo op with you. And thank you for everything that you've done for the last 50 years with creation. Uh, The 55-year mission tour, folks, will be August 11th through the 15th, 2021 at the Rio in Vegas. CreationENT.com is the website for all the latest updates for those protocols, which we talked about. Adam, it is an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your memories and what we can look forward to in, uh, in Vegas in just a couple of months. Thanks so much. Oh, uh, Dan and Bill, thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show. We love your show and uh, we look forward to having you participate in the event as well. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity and to you guys and to all the fans out there. Believe me when I say so. I love you and live long and prosper. <laughs> So, Dan, we want to thank Adam big time. We're looking forward to seeing him in Vegas. But first, I, I have to offer a correction um, because uh, during the conversation, I brought up Anthony Rapp's performance on Saturday night, and that's not in Las Vegas this summer. That's actually in the 55-year mission tour in Las, I'm sorry, in New Jersey, which happens in September. So that's my bad. Adam's a total pro. He just rolled with it with me. And uh, I just read the email wrong or read it quickly and mixed up which con it was for. So um, if Anthony Rapp will be there on Saturday night during yes. the gala, but he's not doing his solo performance, that's in Jersey. That's okay. It happens. That's what you get for missing staff meetings. I've wanted to say that to you for so long, but we didn't actually have a staff meeting. So as usual, I'm not making any sense. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but, uh, you know, we hope everybody heads on out to creationent.com. get your tickets for the con because it's going to be a great week. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a few times. It's going to be pretty emotional and, and special to see all of these people in our Star Trek family. We haven't been able to see in two years. I, I- I cannot even believe it's two years. That's just uh, It's just amazing to think that it's been that long. It's going to be fantastic. This discussion with Adam just made me more excited uh, for August to get here. It can't get here fast enough. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to getting on that plane with you, buddy, and heading out to the desert. <laughs> even though you'll be on a plane with me for five and a half hours straight. Anyway, maybe yeah. I'll drive alone. <laughs> well, Dan, if you are going to drive alone, you know what you can do is you can create a playlist mm-hmm. of all kinds of music from Five Year Mission. We want to thank the band so much for letting us use their music. You know, they have a podcast on this here podcast network of ours, huh? oddly enough, called Five Year Mission, the podcast. Wow. So go out there, get 5YM pod in your ears, go out to their website, fiveyearmission.net, buy all their CDs, get them shipped to your front door because you want to have that physical media. And, uh, and just become a huge fan of the band as Dan and I are ourselves. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited every time I listen to Five Year Mission. You know what else I'm excited about? We've, we've talked about it all the whole time we've been talking today. I'm, I'm excited about conventions starting up again, man. They're truly a wonderful experience, and it's just a great way to reconnect with friends and Trek family. And, and as we talked about, this August is no exception. Heading to the desert to celebrate a lifetime of magnificent music, of perfect percussions, of fabulous FYM. It's the 50 Fark Year Mission Tour, and I can't wait to start that celebration. You know, I honestly can't really give you any grief for that one, because we should celebrate Fark as often as possible. 
Um, although Fark is not 50. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying anything on that. <laughs> fiveyearmission.net celebrate the 50 fark year mission tour and all of the other things about five-year mission because they are awesome dan you know every week we talk about our patreon and um i have to say that that you and i are humbled all the time by the support we get from from those who choose to su- subscribe to us on that platform uh, it's because of them that we have grown into the trek geeks podcast network and uh we are going to keep growing um, as we're going to announce soon, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But uh, without them, none of this would be, would be possible. And, and we want as many people to check out our Patreon as possible because it's a great way to become part of the Trek Geeks Network family. Absolutely. You know, we've when we started this, we didn't really know what to expect and and we would have been happy with a few patrons and just be like, oh, this is cool. The amount of support that we have gotten over the time that we have had this uh, patron going is is truly amazing, and I, I got to say that through this pandemic, we would have been more than understanding if if people couldn't be supporters of patron because you know times were tough and it was really you know hard yeah. to make ends meet. I I just cannot believe the, the amount of support that we continued to get over that uh, course of the pandemic, and and even though the pandemic's not one hundred percent gone, get vaccinated, people. A little. PSA there. Um, we will always be um, unbelievably humbled and so grateful for the support that we've gotten uh, over the past. God, how, how long has it been now? Two years that we've had the patron? Something like that? It's been amazing. At least, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. But enough about that. Let's talk about some awesome people and give some names out because they're associate producers for Trek Geeks and we are so grateful for their support. And they are Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escudero, Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Samuel Slade, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Rick Tatro, sorry, a little hiccup there, <laughs> Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Connie Hutchins. Uh, we also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Leonel Marchand, Rick Mason, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. Dan, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is the exceedingly excellent... Jude Tatman. Exceedingly excellent. I love that. That's some good description there. Uh, you too can become a producer of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week, we're going to look at one of the more interesting alien races in the Star Trek universe, and we're going to welcome back a special guest to the show who might just have some insight on what makes them tick. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, they are one of the founding members of the Federation. They are blue. They have antenna. And they can be pretty badass. They're the Andorians, and we are welcoming one of them back to Trek Geeks. You saw him as Rin in Season 3 of Discovery, and we are honored to have Noah Averback Katz back to talk about him all next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And speaking of which, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out 
our member podcasts on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You know, there's Discovering Trek, there's Rewind, there's Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury. And of course, now we also bring you the Sci-Fi Sisters as the latest edition of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network with Science Station 2 and one other show coming soon. What? Uh, What? You know, all of these shows are amazing and are just great examples of people who love this thing the way we love it and also love this fandom. And we hope you'll check out all of our shows at trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 261 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Everybody get your coconut coffee. Everybody drink it all right now. Everybody get some coconut coffee. Bill's gonna puke it. Uh, uh, uh. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. What what did you say? Exactly. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. I have no clue. I think I said, and a great and bodacious bing bong to you too is what I think I said. You said nothing of the kind. In Ferenganar. <laughs> no. You barely understand English. There's no way in hell you're going to understand Ferenganese. Not at all. That is the weirdest written language I think I've ever seen too. Your face is the weirdest written language. Wow. <laughs> it's I was just trying to get down to your level. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody can get down to that level. Even like uh, Scott, Ant-Man can't get that, that like tiny to get down to my level when he goes, when he goes quantum. Little Avengers reference there for you. And an I, Ant-Man reference. And an Ant-Man, I ordered, oh, I did it last night. I did it because it's, you know, Amazon Prime Day today and yesterday. I ordered the Tony Stark Funko of him snapping his Infinity Gauntlet and it glows in the dark. I knew you couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. I was like, oh my God, I got to get it. (laughs) I am Iron Man. Wonderful, wonderful stuff there. I wish I had an Infinity Gauntlet right now to snap. Because <laughs> you just have one person go to dust, right? That's it. <laughs> I always thought it was eerie the noise it meant when they disintegrated. Dan freaking Davidson. Boom. Oh, that would be so amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank it's you. It's got dark. 
It got very dark, wishing me like to not exist anymore. How could you even, you know, get through your day to day without me here to help you? And I don't know. I'd love to find out though. Prod you on, <laughs> cattle prod you on. Maybe I guess I don't know. Yeah, no can cling on paint sticks. <laughs> oh yes, uh, Entertainment Tonight reference. Get it? I yeah. do. John Tesh. Yes. Yep. Uh huh. So. For those who may not remember, uh, in the in Worf's Rite of Ascension in the holodeck in TNG Season 2, John Tesh, formerly of Entertainment Tonight, now of really annoying radio show, um, <laughs> where they play horrible music, um, was one of the Klingons uh, that stabbed Worf with a pain stick, the holographic Klingons, Yes, in, in that episode. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a horrible way to celebrate your coming of age. I know. Unbelievable. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I was going to do an Andorian reference, but I'll wait until next week to do that. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, we'll find out at the end of the show, won't we? <laughs> so, anyway. Um, for those who may not know, who may not be on the Book of Faces, um, we have made the announcement of where and when the what? 2021 Fan Geeks party is going to be in Las Vegas during convention week, which is now. Just seven weeks away. That is yeah. amazing. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to be partaying like you've never partayed before. You were just adjusting your camera and your hand was in front of it. So I held up my hand in front of my camera too. Wow. But that hand is a little bit different than what my hand was doing. I was just displaying <laughs> one finger. Exactly. I know. Number one. Number one. You're number one. Yeah. So yeah, I realized that my camera was on the wrong monitor, so I had to move it over so I'd have a better view of your face. But anyway, yes, I cannot wait. This, you know, I'll tell you what. This is going to be the biggest, the best, and the good baddest party we've ever had. The baddest in a good way, like Michael Jackson. You could just say the best. The best. Okay, I'll say the best. The best. The goodest, baddest. What are you, what is it with you anyway? I just like to um, confuse people, including myself. What did I just say? <laughs> I don't even know. So, if you haven't seen the announcement, it's in the Star Trek Convention Experiences Facebook group. It's in the Camp Kittimer Facebook group. The audio of that announcement is in the app exclusives in the Trek Geeks mobile app, which you can get to going to uh, trekgeeks.com slash app. Um, but all the details in there, including when tickets become available this coming Saturday, June 26th, 2021, mm -hmm. as we record this. It's going to be awesome. The Fansets is going to be giving away so much bleep. You're not even going to believe it. It's going to be fantastic. I, I, it just kind of sucks that because we're affiliated with Fansets and friends and everything that we can't win stuff. <laughs> That's not fair. It's not fair, Lou. It's not fair, John. But it's okay. Cause it's going to be fun anyway. It's fair. And can I give away a secret that I just did? I don't know. I've, can you? I've got a new awesome shirt that I'm going to be wearing just for the event. And I can't wait. I cannot I, wait. I still want you to show up full Elvis jumpsuit. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll have to talk to James and Ticonderoga to help me out with to that introduce one. the party. <laughs> no, I, you're not going to fit in James's jumpsuit. <laughs> wow. He's, he's pretty svelte. <laughs> he is felt. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I would not. I would rip it. I'd be like, I'm like the Elvis of the 70s. <laughs> You'd be like the Incredible Hulk getting into his jumpsuit. You'd be bursting like, Hurrah! don't make me angry, Mr. McGee. You won't like me when I'm angry. Jeez. 
Wow. Thanks. Thanks a lot. That makes me feel great. So hey, I'm going to I'm gonna cut this short because I'm heading to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I can't really talk. I mean, notice I'm not getting in that jumpsuit. <laughs> it's no. Uh, imagine both of us getting in that jumpsuit. Oof, God. Wait, you mean at the same time? That's oh, a little weird. Hey, you said it. I didn't. No, actually, you said it. <laughs> no, you said it at the same time. I didn't say it at the same time. You said both of us getting in the jumpsuit. Hey, you can translate it the way you want, pal. <laughs> it's a little strange that you did it that way, though. That's all I'm saying. You have issues. <laughs> yeah. You have but I'm excited. Issues. You know why I'm excited? Because it's why? convention time soon. Dude, seven weeks from right now, as we record this, you and I will be assembling the Trek Geeks booth in the vendors hall at the 55-year mission convention in Vegas. Well, yeah, we will. And we want, seriously, if you're coming to Vegas, we want everyone to stop by. Mm-hmm. Everybody. We want to say hi. We want to, we want to meet as many people as possible. Um, whether this is your first time or your 261st time listening to Trek Geeks, um, because this is episode 261, um, oh. we, we want to meet as many of you as possible and say hi and say thank you. And, and so please, we, we want everyone to come by the Trek Geeks booth if you're able. Um, don't worry. I mean, don't be afraid of Dan. I mean, no, he I, lo- I know he's ugly. I don't bite anymore. It, he doesn't bite anymore. We've we've got that under control. I sometimes squirt him with a you know with a squirt bottle to get him to stop. Uh, now you got to bring one. Clicker, to do it. We tried clicker training, but it doesn't work when your brain is is the size of a walnut. <laughs> and we and if you stop by, maybe we'll have stuff to give away to you. you. I'm just saying, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Could be possibility. Seven seven weeks. It's been. It's been almost 730 days since the last convention. It's been a long road. It has been. Don't. And I'm looking forward to it. And nothing really keeps my fandom on track and bolsters my fandom like this con. Yeah. You know, I, I I really was not in a great place last summer when I realized it wasn't happening, to be honest. I know. No, you weren't. I don't think anybody was, really. Um but we don't have to worry about that this year because oh, it's a man. go. And I think today, it's word of the day, everyone needs to use it in a sentence, bolster. That's just a good word. You Thank you. It. Yeah, it's very, congratulations. Bill Smith's word of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming, <laughs> coming to a soon. podcast near you. <laughs> coming soon to the Truck Geeks mobile app. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's our job uh, to make people smarter. It's, it doesn't work with you in seven years. I, I was going to so. say, you better pile on a lot of stuff in that app to help me out. Uh, you're you're pretty much host. So you uh, you ready to do this there, uh, Moose Face? M- what? What? Where did that come from? I just picked an animal and a body part at wow. the at the top of my head. Okay, I'm ready to go there, monkey ass. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yep. All right, let's do this. <laughs> 